and fingers crossed, but welcome back to the Film Realcast, where I think we're recording over Skype now for the first time in over a year, I believe. Yes, that's right. That's right. Hello, James. How are you doing? I'm very good, Stu. How are you doing? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm very interested to uh, find out what your thoughts are going to be on this week's film choice. Yes, yes. The Raid. The Raid. <laughs> Before we get into that, I've seen another film. Oh, yeah? Went to the cinema. And uh, I saw A Simple Favour. A Simple with, Favour? Um, Anna Kendrick and Big Lively. Oh, and? And I was very disappointed. Oh. I was really, really looking forward to the film. Really was, because... I like Anna Kendrick, Blake Lively, both extremely attractive. It's a very, it's a, it's a stylish film. It really is. But towards the end, the plot gets extremely stupid. It gets really, really drawn out. Oh, really? And it just becomes very boring and predictable. Yeah, which is, I was so disappointed. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm generally sorry, Stu, for that. Well, it costs nothing to see, so it wasn't a problem. But it was just, I was looking forward to it because I've been some real shit films that I've seen lately and it's been really disappointing going to the cinema I mean the, the only good films I've seen lately is Searching which was really really good Searching um, yeah which was kind of a budget film about a father looking for his daughter that was full of plot twists really enjoyed that but films like um, what else did I see like The Nun and films like that which I thought was going to be really scary which turned out to be absolutely terrible when I mentioned on previous podcasts that it's just not been a good few months for films at the cinema. They've just been so disappointing and they've been so predictable as well. It's, I think Mission Impossible was the last um, really good kind of mainstream film that you kind of weren't expecting it to be good and it actually lived up to like all the hype. Yeah. But before, it's just been really clever editing on the trailers where they've kind of sold you into a film that it turns out to not to be and it's absolute shine it's been really disappointing so but i don't know i think the next good film I will, well the next film i will go and see actually uh, king of thieves and michael kane which i don't think will do well um abroad because i don't think they'll really follow what the film was um like the story was about obviously the hatton um gardens uh heist for all the diamonds and all the cash and everything else and i don't think it was really big news abroad oh but i think it it's for the old cast with Tom Finney and Michael Caine and Ray Winston. It's got some really good old like British actors in who uh, you don't really see on the big screen. And they really, it's great to see them. And it's, they're proper Cockney lads. I mean, the language is really, really foul, but it's all matches their character and it matches the story. And I, I found that really, really good, but he got slated um, by a lot of the critics, which I was really surprised and disappointed about, but I oh. really enjoyed that. But I mean, the next big thing you got obviously Venom coming out, which I hope is a good yes, film. I really, definitely. really hope that Tom Hardy does a good Venom because it'll be interesting to see what they do after that. We can re- I big... think we can review that. Uh, there, there, there is a reason because um, I think I'm watching that at the cinema as well. Oh, are you? I yeah, definitely do that. Um, definitely, it needs to do well. I really hope it does. Yeah, we could do because I think I think myself and a couple of people at work are having a competition on on something like positive outcomes, let's say, for, for short. Um, and myself yeah. and my colleague are currently beating Simon, one of my friends, who's going to be here for the uh, Batman a, a particular Justice review. Um, but yeah, yes. 
yes, yes, we're currently beating them in positive outcomes. When the, when and Simon and his friends said they're better people, they're better people than us, better people than us. Is that because they're DC or, or or what is it? DC kind of Marvel versus is it? No, no, it's just it, it, it's it, it's simply a good person versus a hole. So uh, there we go. <laughs> No, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying who the a holes are. It's probably us, if I'm honest. But do you think go. Venom's going to do well, or do you think it's going to be overhyped as usual? <sighs> trailers, awesome, but aren't they? Let's be honest. The trailers are really, really good. Yeah. Um. So a massive like five stars for the marketing team. Now the movie has to has to match it. Will it? Um. I think it's got a very good chance. It's a very good chance of doing it. Put it this way, Stu. I'm. I'm more. Um, I'm more hopeful with the Venom than I have been any of the Spider-Man films of late. Really? Yeah, and, but that's just by judging by the trailer and going into it. The first trailer for Venom I did not like at all. So, Homecoming, did you not like that? I have not seen Homecoming, but Homecoming. Oh, and you're making judgment. You're not seeing that. I've not. No, so I'm basing it on basically the... Oh, you can't go on the Tobey Maguire and the Andrew Garfield ones. I mean... Yeah, but they, they were terrible. I thought the I thought the to- I thought the first two Tobey Maguire ones were okay. I didn't like them. I just didn't like Tobey Maguire. He's just he didn't have any character as um, Peter Parker. He just he was so boring. Really? I just couldn't be invested. Yeah, I just couldn't be invested in it. And he's such a fucking freak. And like, for him to actually pull a girl like he pulled, just just oh, just rubbish. So. No, I just didn't like it at all, and I was so pleased that it actually went as toilet as it did. And uh, what the amazing, the amazing, which one out of the two? Both. What was the one where he started dancing in the bar? Oh no, don't! Oh my god, Spider Man Three, that was horrible. That I agree was with you. Awful. No, the first two, the first two, the origin story and the one with Doctor Octopus in, I thought were really good. Well, do you, so? Do you think he's better than Andrew Garfield? If you had to pick either one of them to to come back as a Spider Man, it had to be either one of them. Which one would you go for? Um, neither. I don't know. Oh no, no, I don't know. I don't. I thought Andrew Garfield was a better Peter Parker, but I thought Tobey Maguire was possibly a better Spider Man. But then, to, I think mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire. Had, I think for the first two films, Tobey Maguire was lucky because he had the better scripts. Yeah, which which may have made a difference. Um, I probably would choose Andrew Garfield. With whoever wrote the first two scripts for the first two Spider Mans, though, because I think I think um yeah, because I think he yeah. played Peter Parker with more of a nerd, how he should be. Yeah, I'd go with Andrew Garfield definitely, and uh, but there's not much competition. But I'd definitely go with Andrew Garfield. So, but, uh, but I do think I, I do think Tobey Maguire could be the next Iron Man. Fuck off! <laughs> even, uh, <laughs> that was pure rage. That was pure rage. Fucking ridiculous. Oh, I'd be so fucked off if they did something as stupid as that. I've got a question for you. In a, I really in, would. In a world where Robert Downey did not exist, who would be Iron Man, do you think? I don't even know. I, I couldn't even imagine anyone who's got that much charisma and Val who could Kilmer. just do that. Yeah, you know, it, It'd have to be someone... I mean, you've got someone like Ryan Reynolds who's... Um, Deadpool, yeah, yeah. And he's just brilliant, and they don't come along very often. People like that, and uh, I honestly don't know who's who could just play that character. What about you? 
No, no, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm not, to be fair, I, I, I asked that question without even knowing the answer myself, and now I'm actually struggling quite badly yeah. to think of who the hell that would be. Exactly, exactly. But um, I'm really, really intrigued. Let's get on with the raid. I mean, the raid, it's really bizarre, yeah? The raid 2011. And what amazes me, when I first watched it, yeah. I was blown away by this film. I've, I saw the trailers for it, and I hadn't didn't watch it when it first came out. I was quite late towards it. And um, what amazed me was Gareth Evans, a Welsh man, actually directed it, wrote it, edited it. Really? produced it. How, I mean, it's, it's really bizarre. I would have never put me in. After directing a small budget film called footsteps um it was brought up in uh south wales it was he got asked because his wife is um uh, of asian descent uh she was pissed off of him um sitting around on his ass and not going to his full potential so she made spoke to some people um in indonesia yeah um about promoting her husband who's a, a movie director so they sent a couple of the films over that he's uh, directed and he was asked to come over to Indonesia to do a documentary about Indonesian martial arts, which is that um, Penaxilet. And he, whilst he was over there filming it, um, that's when he met Aku Weiss, who plays Rama in this. And he was so blown away by the the character, the dedication. Um, and he said there was just some things. I watched the interviews on YouTube. Okay. He said there was just something about he had such charisma um, that he said to him, he's, you're going to be a star. And he signed him on to a five year contract. So, and he obviously made his, um, made his documentary. Then in 2009, he made a, uh, his first feature film, which is Marantu, which is, it's got in it. It's got Aku Wise and it's got Yaya Ryan who plays Mad Dog. And it's a, it's a cult film and it did win some awards over in kind of like the the equivalent uh, the Cannes Film Festival over in Indonesia um, as a bit of a slow film but the martial arts at the end and I actually watched it um, yeah. I found a copy of it on the internet and it is it's a good film it's quite a slow film but it's a good film um, then okay. from there onwards that's when he started to put pen to paper and started to make The Raid which came out in 2011 and uh, Aku Weiss who plays Rama, as I said, was he's an expert at the um, this martial arts, which I've never heard of before. I started looking into this called Panaxilet, which is a uh, it's a martial arts which involves grappling, throwing, and using weaponry, and the you use every single part of your body to attack and defend as well. And it's it's a, a martial arts which is only kind of cultural to Indonesia. And it was really, really interesting listening to interviews from the um, Yayan and Aku Weiss as well about because they did the choreography for the Raid 1 and the Raid 2 as well because they're both um, fully competent. And Yayan, he's a trainer um, and referee in um, Panax as well. So they're both kind of formidable fighters in it. And uh, the guy who plays Mad Dog, who's absolutely brilliant in the Raid and the Raid 2, um, he went over to Belgium, went over to France and Holland, um, and he learned further martial, uh, martial arts techniques like karate and Aikido, and he is also a referee as well. So they're, they're both fully competent, which is, and you can see that throughout this film, 
and the other people um, are in this film who have got various martial arts styles, like the guy, for instance, with the massive machete, the the black guy. He's a former world champion in judo. So you've got these people who are bringing a lot of different skills to the table, um, which I think really enhances these films and the fight scenes. I mean, um, Aku Weiss was a um, a, a driver for a, uh, a telecom company in Indonesia when he was discovered. And okay. He did the uh, Panaxilat part-time, and he went on to be like a part-time stuntman, then on to an actor. So, I mean, it's it's brilliant. The story behind this, how a Welshman went over there to film a, a documentary to actually meeting these people and making two of the best films, from my own point of view, action films that I've seen. Um, and he did another one called Bullethead, which is on uh, Netflix as well, which um, has only got the Aku Weiss in. And it's not a great film. It's an okay film. But, um, yeah, it's just... It's crazy. This all comes from a Welshman. It's not Indonesian, which you'd think, I think by the way it's set, the way it's filmed, the style of it, it comes across very B-movie Indonesian. It does. Well, yeah, 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 it it did. But then there's um, like a couple of scenes, and I'm sure we get into one scene in particular, which I thought was the shot, the the, the editing and the way it was shot was the whole scene. I, I think it only lasted about five minutes was for me, the, the best, one of the best in the film, and it didn't even involve fighting. Okay, that'll be interesting. But, I mean, the budget for this film was $1.1 million. Um, It was a limited release on only a very few cinemas, obviously, because the actor's not being known, the director not being known, and being an Indonesian film with subtitles. It still made um, $4.1 So, when you look at it like that, it was a, a huge success, which obviously... Um, led to the second one being made and it they went really really damn well um with the critics of being the only problem they had was mm-hmm. that some people thought the film was just too violent and uh that's what put them off um the only problem i have with the film which is is what it sounds it sounds really really weird in a way that there's two two issues i like i enjoyed it those two um one of them was almost felt like you can't have too much of a good thing but maybe sometimes you can is the fight the fight scenes all were really really re- were really good um yeah uh and I, I thought some of them were so good but they might have been a bit too similar up until for me up until the last fight which is really different you know and the two brothers obviously yeah. ganged up against the, um, uh, ganged up against mad dog um yeah and, and and it felt to me that sometimes you can't have too much of too much of a good thing, which is why I'm glad because when I when I was getting halfway through, I was like, "Well, it's not really that much of a storyline to it." And uh, at, at the time, and and I I, yeah. I felt that some of the th- oh, it's just an excuse for another for potentially another fight scene, which which I thought. But then when I was watching it, I thought I'm being a bit unfair to this film then because I'm not. I'm, it's like I'm not going into it expecting it to be some epic like Star Wars or Rocky story storyline storyline driven. No. You know, and and at that point, I I I I took a step back and thought, well, that's being a bit unfair to the film as a whole because I'm you yeah. know, you know I, I'm I'm expecting something from it which is which is not, um, which is which is why on the second time round, I thought I'm just going to watch it for the fight scenes and the fight scenes are really really are really really amazing and there's not too much of like you got for example in the Dark Knight the Batman, 
There's not yeah. too much shaky cam, um, which which I like a bit of, but I can't stand a lot of. So and and it was very very quick. The editing was very very quick in the fights, but for I'd probably say ninety percent of the fights, you you could you could still understand what was going on, which is sometimes yeah. a problem in these fast paced fight films, and they were shot really well. But a lot of it was filmed on kind of handheld cameras as well, especially but it the didn't, bit. It didn't look like these the classic like shaky cam, for example. You know when um um uh, the, the, the the um you know the Transformers films. Yeah, you only see an action sequence and the camera's shaking, and and you've yeah. got all that going on, and you don't know what the hell's happening. That's what I mean. You know when you watch that, and with this one, even though it was with the handheld cameras, yeah, um, it wasn't yeah. it. it it wasn't the classic shaky cam, uh, like, like when they do the shaky cam. It's almost like they want you to be there in the vi- within the violence, and it wasn't that look. It wasn't that like yeah. as if someone's like got hold of their iPhone and recording, which you sometimes get. Yeah, well, trying I, I, to immerse I, I watched, it's funny you say that. In mile, is it mile twenty two? The Mark Wahlberg film that's just come out. Oh yeah, a lot of the fight scenes in there, um, it's got that shaky cam, and you just can't work out who's kicking who. No, and there you go. That's exactly where they what are. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. And in this one, you can. Yeah. Whether they were using the shaky cam or not, too. I didn't feel... It didn't take away from the film, where sometimes I think a lot of the a lot of the, the fight scenes in films, that... Yeah. Maybe it's because we do this podcast, but it starts to annoy me quite quickly when there's too much. Oh, it does. But if you watch, go onto YouTube and watch the making of it, that part where Rama cuts through the floor with an axe, and he jumps through the floor yeah. to go and stick up for his colleague, that, that part is all done in one bit. As he jumps through the floor... They pull the camera down through the floor and they carry on filming. Oh, that is oh wow! It, it, it's it's just so good. But I mean, as you say about the plot, I mean, let's go on with the plot. It's um, the quick plot summary in Jakarta, Indonesia. Lieutenant Wayu organizes invasion of an apartment building. That's a safe house um, of a powerful, cruel drug lord, Tama, and his gang. The team breaks into the building, but one of the uh, lookouts sees them, warns the gangsters of the police arrival, and they're trapped on the seventh floor. Um, they learn that Lieutenant Wire is has not informed his supervisors of the operation, and now the police officers have to fight with limited ammunition um, against the armed and dangerous gangsters. That's really, apart from there's a, a couple of extra little bits. That's the story, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, and uh, it's it's not it's not the bit the biggest story in the world. There is there is a bit of double crossing, which which uh, which I you, you kind of like expect, but I'm still surprised as as the way as the way it went. It kind of went down. Um, yeah, I mean, you the story starts off where you see it's a special tactics officer. That's what they are—a special forces yeah. kind of film. Where you see Rama at home, he's praying, and you see him practicing um, the silat on his own, and he says goodbye to his um, his wife who's pregnant uh, with his. You learn that it's his first child, and you instantly, oh, I, I did question when I first watched it. Questioned it, and it reminded me when I watched it again that when his dad says to him, um, I "Promise you bring him home." And did you pick up on that? And did you question what he meant by that? Uh, I didn't know what he meant by that until now, funnily enough. When you, you don't, say, still don't know now. Promise you'll bring him home. He means obviously his brother. Said. Yeah. 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 Promise you bring his brother yeah, home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he joins his the the other gang, and you instantly get the impression that it's Rama's first gig. Because they're talking about going there, and that there's so many probationers and new officers there who haven't done this before. Yeah, and, and you get and the uh, one of them is a bit scared, and you can tell, and it's quite yeah, definitely. Yeah, and one of them's kind of shaking, isn't he? Yeah, which is which is fair enough. Bit, yeah, I'd be shitting my pants to be honest. And so 
I, I wouldn't because, there, because I, I did judo for a year, so I'll be fine. You did wrestling. Oh, don't start this again, Christ. You did. Everyone listen to the wrestling podcast. I did, we I did, did the rest. I did. I did. I did the, 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 the problem is, though, with that is I'll be able to pick them up and then safely put them down without hurting them, which probably wouldn't help. But you'd only be able to put them down for three seconds and you'd have to let them go. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem, <laughs> too. That's, that, that could be a, a bit, bit of a snag, really, when going into a building like this. But yes. <laughs> You'd need ropes to bounce them off and stuff like that. Yeah, I You'd would just be wearing your pants. I would need ropes to bounce them off, yeah. But if anyone wants to listen to our wrestler podcast, a review um, with Mickey Rourke, obviously not he's on the podcast, but he's in the film, it's well worth listening because you get an insight into the film, which was a really, really good film. But you also get an insight into the history and the career of... Uh, your wrestling career, James, really, from you when do, it started. You do. You do. I, I would, I, I, I would, I would forward that bit, but I think, unfortunately, Stu refers to it throughout the podcast. So I do. I do, because I like to give credit where it's due, and you took the time to do the training and the knowledge for wrestling, <laughs> and it, it needs to be spoken about. <laughs> it isn't done in a piss take fashion. I don't need to get misunderstood, you know? Yes. <laughs> oh, quickly, tangent in. Um, Chris asked me the other day who's a, a listener to the podcast he said you haven't done uh, ghostbusters the original and i thought we'd done it so i went through the whole list of we haven't and we've never done ghostbusters why is that i don't know really probably because we i don't know um i think we need yeah i think we need to stick that one on the list after justice league maybe then G. um yeah it's, it's bizarre i thought we would have done it but especially when the female uh, the modern version of ghostbusters came out which we spoke about last week that, yeah that's just upsetting um, that one yeah, but we, yeah, we'll have to put it onto the list. Anyway, tangent back again. Um, so they decide that they're going to go in floor by floor, room by room, um, to get rid of the gangs because you find out that the gangs are also various gang drug dealers and drug users live on each floor um, of this building and they pay rent to Tama um, and in turn they're his protection and that they can deal drugs and take drugs without any worries or any concerns of the police raiding their building. Yeah, because obviously it's, it's it's quite clear that the police are too scared to go there and this is like um, an operation that's never happened before. Um, what I was concerned about this film going in, and, and luckily it, it wasn't the case, was I thought, and I'm not slagging Game of Death off, but I thought it would be, it would be very briefly Game of Death where they'll go up, it would almost be like a computer game where they'll send up up to the top where the evil boss is and each floor would get harder kind of thing with different bad guys. And I thought, okay, um, it'll be interesting to see if it's like that and how they do it. But luckily I think they didn't do it. And I think it would have been very tempting to do something like that. Um, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Which, which, but what this film is very much like is like dread with Carl. Is it Carl Irwin? Carl Urban. Yeah. Uh, Irwin, we, we, yeah we, we've reviewed that as well. Very much. We have indeed. And it's very much the same kind of premise with regards to uh locked in a building and have to make it up to the drug dealer and they're being taken out by gangs it's it's exactly the same um but it's obviously done in a uh, a martial arts kind of style rather than a shoot 'em up style like very much like doom and things like that but if you like that film then you're gonna like this film if you like martial arts you're definitely gonna like this film that's that's what i think but i mean it didn't take long and I timed it. It took five minutes and ten seconds into the film until we meet Tama and learn how vicious he is. Um, 
when he's in his office, obviously in the tower, when he's got four of his goons in front of him and he shoots the four of them in the back of the head. And you actually see that. They don't kind of hold back and leave it anything to the imagination. They actually do shoot four of them in the back of the head. And then he runs out of bullets. So he goes and gets a hammer and he smashes a hammer into the back of the last one's well, head. Interestingly, he does run out of bullets, but then when he opens the drawer, there's bullets there and he decides mm. to choose, he chooses the hammer over the bullets. What do you think of that? Um, that scene? Yeah, I thought, okay, I initially thought we were going to have a movie cliche here, but I thought it was quite interesting to show you the whole thing and then I and then to kill all of them, great, well done. But I thought it was really interesting the fact that he chose the hammer and it, and it did it did add a bit more to what is sometimes in 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 these um in these types of films very cliche bad guys where you know you they're there as you know you know uh, the the bad guy to go up against obviously the hero at some uh, yeah. at some point to show how bad they are and uh, and sometimes they're very lazily written and I, I thought this is one of the few scenes where we saw him which was I was quite happy with it. I thought that's quite interesting. Trying and and you know, in, in, even like in the space of ten seconds, they're trying to add a bit more depth to him and to show that he's yeah, actually quite the ruthless. There isn't any dialogue. It makes it even better. It makes it yes. even more sinister. That you don't find out why they're there. They're just lined up in a row, and they witness the person next to them die in a really horrible way, and it's just convenience um, for Tama and you. Instantly, you quickly learn that he's a fucking horrible psychopath, and obviously, Mad Dog's there watching, and um, also Andy as well. That he's standing there watching, and they show no emotion, especially Mad Dog, when he goes through and he gets the hammer and puts the hammer into the back of the guy's head. And it, it quickly just comes up he's the boss, he's really evil, and he's got no conscience or morals with regards to who he's going to kill and how he'll kill them. And that was all you needed. It was really simple, wasn't it? You didn't need dialogue to say that. No, 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 you didn't. Unlike if George Lucas was editing this film now, he'd be like, I'm oh. going to get the hammer because I don't need the bullets to kill you. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. He'd ruined it with something yeah. like that. Yeah, Darth Vader, no! I, I'm sorry. Uh, that, that still gets me to this day, <laughs> that bit in Return of the Jedi, but there we go. <laughs> so upon arrival, the team um, goes in formation to the building and just before they're going to enter the building, they come across a member of the public who's trying to get into the apartment. And it's a uh, number 726, which will come in later on, trying to give some medication for his wife. Did you know or did you have a feeling that this guy may come back into it I later? Think, or yeah, yeah, just... I think it was it was obvious. It was Otherwise, why? Um, normally, I'd say, why put him in there? But then I thought the other reason why you might have that you, you put him in there is to show that obviously the other the other police the other police officer was not very nice, and our yeah. protagonist, you know, our hero was nice. And I thought it it could also show that those two are going to have a fight at some point, and one of them is dirty and the other one's not, for example, which didn't happen. Yeah. So I figured it was going to be yeah. one of those two. That's what I liked about it when I first saw it that, that he's trying to help him and explain to him that this is what we're doing and you can't go up there because we need to go in there. We need to make it safe. Whereas the other guy is just fuck off, push him out of the way. The guy is obviously really scared and there's no explanation. And he's just treating him like absolute shit. And I, I just thought it was a good way of instantly showing that um, Rama's new and he's got a conscience. 
and this other guy, he's a complete asshole. And as you said, is he an asshole because he's in on it as well, yeah. or he doesn't like the the new officers, or he doesn't like members of the public, or he just doesn't want to be there? I mean, it was. I didn't know it would come into play later on when I first watched it. I just didn't know whether it was a demonstration of the, the two different characters between two of the main characters, which they kind of turned out to be to a certain degree throughout the film. Okay. I, I, I mean, I figured it'd be one of those two. Yeah. So um, they continue on to the sixth floor. Um, and it, it's really not far into the film before the action starts. There's not a lot of build up to this, which kind of, as you say, which we'll talk about through later on, because I've got a few thoughts about exactly the same as what you were saying um, at the start of the pod with regards to the fighting. But they're on one of the floors. Um, and they're spotted by a young lad. And I really like this scene. I just, I thought it was pretty hardcore that he's a young lad, yeah. possibly 12. Yep. And he sees them and they all in the corridor together. And it, the, like the cinematography of it is done really well. Cause you've got all of them in like a, a V shape in the corridor with their guns. Some of them have got their guns up. Some of them have got their guns down, just telling the kid to calm down. Don't panic. And it's a lot of tension. It's really, really good. Is he going to get shot? Is he going to be a, a goodie? Is he going to try and run away and alert them? You just don't know. There's a, a really good standoff, isn't there, in a really narrow corridor, confined space. Oh, it, it was brilliant. And, and I think the next five minutes of that of that whole sequence, or, or when we're with them again, or, of that build-up, that no one knows they're there yet and someone's going to raise the alarm, was actually really, really tense and it was really done really well. And I know you mean with the fact that he shot that, that kid uh, and you were like, oh, you know, it, it was like an oh-my-God moment. Um, yeah, you wouldn't see that in western films i i don't think you'd actually see a kid getting shot in the throat because he runs through one of the doors um he, he presses the alarm runs through the door and he shouts up to one of the other little kids on the next level yeah that it's the police and as he's shouting that it's the lieutenant shoots through a door it was yeah and you see it yeah all in slow motion the bullet goes through this kid's throat and he dies and it's fucking really brutal, isn't it? I know, and I, it's 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 a it's a shame, Stu, that you say you we wouldn't see that in a lot of the Western films. Obviously, when we do, they're gonna it's gonna be rated at like R eight or eighteen over over here in the UK. And I think that's a shame, yeah. really, because the world. Let's be honest, the world is a horrible place. Yeah, and yeah. that stuff, I'm unfortunately and it's disgusting but that stuff's going to happen hopefully you know almost on a daily basis potentially i mean you know i'm um which is absolutely absolutely disgusting but when that's going on in the real world then why hide it in the western film when when, when especially if it's not done to make a point of how ruthless somebody is no one wants you know and i know for some people that might be very very difficult to watch but it happens it does happen yeah. and and, and, and I, mean, I think the interesting thing yeah is that it, for that split moment it doesn't differentiate the cops from the baddies. No. That, that kid was unarmed. And he, yeah, he alerted everyone else. But the fact <laughs> that he shot an unarmed kid in the throat and killed him. Rather like in it, the leg or something, you know? Yeah, it, it's really, really bad. And uh, it's kind of, it just really raised the ante straight away of what you can expect to see during this film. And from there, I mean, Tama. Um, goes on like the tannoy and he radios in for his other um, like reinforcements to come. And then you, you instantly see two snipers appear in a building. They appear, or it looks like a building next door or the same building. Um, and they've both got sniper rifles and they shoot the two police officers who are downstairs by the front door. Um, 
keep an eye out and one of them gets taken out and killed and the other one they just shoot and injure kind of very similar to platoon where they just want to let him die in pain and hear him cry don't they yeah which is yeah it's pretty sickening and from there they cut the lights and that's when uh tama announces over the pa system that the officers are trapped on the sixth floor of the stairwell and he'll grant free and permanent residence for anyone who kills any of the police officers which is exactly the same as what they do in dread um but in this because of the violence is so apparent and you actually see it and they don't cut back as i said earlier to anything's anyone's imagination you really don't know how far they're going to take it and what you're going to be seen because these people have got machetes they've got guns hammers everything and machetes all kind of um, like axes and it's you'd hate to be one of the police officers who gets caught or a police officer who doesn't know martial arts because you would be absolutely fucked and it really raised the ante pretty quick and i i just thought it was great i was on the edge of my seat i wanted them to get out yeah it was it, yeah i mean it was good it was good. I mean, I, I just fucking love this film so much. I mean, it's five out of five straight away for me, and you're a dick if you don't give it that. But regardless, <laughs> you've got your own opinion. So uh, so in the darkness, remaining members are ambushed. Um, and I really, really like this scene. I This was great for me, where you've got... They're all crouching behind, because the, the way the tower block works, it's got a massive... It's very similar, again, to Dread, where it's got a massive gap in the middle, where the stairwell and layers go around the outside of the building, don't they? Mm. So you can see from um, like from the top floor or from the floor above you to the floor down below. And all the police officers are in a line behind one of the like the railings on the floor below. On the seventh floor, you've got all of the uh, a big gang of baddies with machine guns pointing down, but they can't see anything because the power's been cut. Yep. And then one of them shoots a shotgun, and it's all done in slow motion and it the effect is so good it really good that the 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 kind of the blaze or the, the flame from the shooting the shotgun casts a shadow and, and alerts the baddies where all of the police officers are and then it's just a fucking massacre isn't it the i know i know and, and, really... and as you and i said about it's not the best story in the world and it's not let's be honest it's not the but it doesn't need to be and i don't think i don't think you you, you can use that um, to, to 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 slate or berate the film too much for the story because because then with this limited story they've got they've got things like that that happen with the shotgun and how the, how they find out which I think are really yeah. really almost you know really really good ideas um you know and and in some ways very unique um to to to, to the film where you have to uh, and there, there are things you notice for example on the, like your second or third watch of the film, these, these yeah. things you didn't notice on the first, um, that, that yeah. you really begin to appreciate it a lot, a lot more than, than, uh, and, and it's not where someone might look at it, just a mindless martial arts action film. Um, there is, no, there is a bit more to it. For the sake of fighting, no. some parts of this, it's, uh, it, it's done. Yeah. It's just done really well for the right reasons. I mean, whilst they're pinned down, Lieutenant Wayu confesses to Jacka, who's, um, like the captain in charge of the, uh, tactical team uh that he staged the mission so he can eliminate um eliminate tama who's um in kind of in league with the uh, corrupt police officials including himself and it's just a self selfish mission 
that he can get rid of someone who's possibly got some weight on him yeah. and that it's not a sanctioned mission and that no one else knows about it. So there is fuck all chance of getting reinforcements. So he's really put his team in the shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's, you instantly, I mean, before you went in there, did you have a feeling that the Lieutenant who doesn't kind of match up with everyone else in that team. He doesn't fit in. He doesn't look right that he should actually be there. Did you think that that will be the case that he will be in on it or not really? Well, yeah, he was a lot older than all the teams. I didn't know whether he'll be on it initially. When, when I first saw his character, I thought uh, wrongly in the end that he's going to be the wise old man, like the Obi-Wan to everyone and then get killed by like one of the big bad guys near the end and they all, all get annoyed. That's what I initially thought. This was within the first okay. five, six minutes of the film. I thought he's going to be the wise one that's really good at martial arts as well. And like the father yeah. figure to maybe like the hero or somebody in the end. And it didn't. And yeah, it, it almost went left field and didn't quite happen. And it went, went the other way, which I thought was interesting because throughout the film, there's a couple of scenes where we slowly, we slowly begin to find more and more about him. And we, uh, which is, you know, uh, the, 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 uh, the few pills that, around his character that he does have start to like um, come off and you, and you see him for who he really is, especially right at the end. Yeah. They kind of lay the cards on the table after about half an hour or so, yeah. don't they regarding who's good, who's bad, what their current situation is and what they need to do to get out of it. And as you said earlier, it's a, a very simple storyline, which could be lost um, if the, like the martial arts and the the kind of the sub story around it wasn't structured right, but it for me it's done really well. And uh, the engine is obviously the lieutenant of what he's got to do. Then there's little subplots about it around it that um, keep the story going. Yeah, that's what absolutely. that's what I kind of got. But the surviving officers retreat into an empty department where again there's more thugs who are after them, um, and again they've all got bloody machetes and everything like that so they try and create an escape route they're in this apartment and they're they people are trying to get in uh they've got just guns that's all they've got and they haven't got many of them and a lot of the officers who are with them are injured um some of them fatally so and they're shooting through the door and they then one of the officers looks out the window he gets shot in the face by one of the snipers so they know they just can't get out of this room no so I, I love what Rama does with the fridge. He puts a, a, a gas cylinder in the fridge and he puts a hand grenade in it and he opens it up and takes out shitloads of baddies who are waiting on the other side. I thought that was really, really good. It was just spontaneous fucking action that it wasn't. I, didn't I thought see it wasn't a hand grenade. I thought it was a gas canister rather than an actual grenade. No. Oh yeah, you put a gas canister in the fridge and threw a hand grenade in there. Yeah, as well. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gas canister and the hand grenade. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, and. Um, and it, the baddies just keep going and they keep coming to try and take them out. So Rama gets an axe and he cuts a hole in the floor um, so the team can escape to the floor below. Uh, but when one of them goes through, he instantly jumps into shitloads of other baddies. And then uh, Rama, very selfless, he goes through to rescue his officer, Bowo, um, who gets injured. Who gets, mm. I think he gets cut or shot. Um, and it, he basically... You, that's the first time you really see um, Aku Weiss use his karate and start to kick people's ass. And oh yeah, it's it's for me. It's not. I love Crouching Tiger and I loved um, that Flying Daggers, but this is just hardcore um, <coughs> karate or 
or the actual karate style that they're using, which I'd never fucking heard of. But it's just martial arts. It's it's amazing martial arts that they're doing. The penaxilla. It's just it's so fast, and it it's not done like the when you get a Western guy who's doing the karate where it's slow just for his benefit because he's not as skilled. These are all people who are highly trained and highly skilled in that martial art. And I think the payoff of having that is the film flows, or all the fight scenes flow so fast, don't they? They do. Um, and I, yeah, and what is nice when you say it's not Western, it's not a lot of the time uh, in the fights, it's not them all queuing up, waiting nicely in line to try and hit the hero. I mean, you've you got a time where there's two or three on him at the same time, which is quite good because, you know, it's. It, and if uh, although it probably isn't, it feels when you're watching it. Oh, this is very realistic. Of what might happen? Um, you know, I, I was yeah. thinking somewhat naively. Probably not, but yeah. But but you but you feel it's um, a lot more realistic than some martial art films and and, and the way some yeah. of that stuff we use. And also because because potentially some of the blood and gore as well, which which, which does does help that real does have the realism. And what I like about it though is they it doesn't. For example, like in the scene with Kill Bill, it doesn't go overkill to almost comic proportions. Comic, you, you know, um, no. which is good. Yeah, people get an injury, they are injured, they are down. And as you said earlier... Yeah, but there's not it's, like, it's a, like five pints of blood spurring out their neck, for example, like in some films, you know? Yeah, and when you said that they're not queuing up, that, that's it's a, such an awful trope that you do get in these films where... They are around in a circle, and it's as if they're taking turns into attack, where yeah. as if they all attacked, they'd fuck them up pretty quick and it'll be over. But it, that's yeah. what they do with this. And it must be really, really difficult. Um, for example, in I, I filming it in in what are these quite like cramped almost corridors, and it, and it reminded me a bit of one of Daredevil's best martial arts scenes. If you remember, was in that in the corridor, you know, in season one. Yeah. When he goes, yeah. yeah, and a lot of it reminded me a lot of it. Well, Daredevil, obviously, you, you know, you can see where maybe they've taken some ideas from the raid, Daredevil. But yeah, it reminded me of that, um, and and it maybe really, I was like, I was really really impressed with what they managed to do within such a within such a confined space, and and the confined almost the confined space was used to such an extent. I think sometimes it was it was another character, obviously, in that scene. Yeah, a lot of it, when you watch on um, the making of it, it, a lot of it's down to the way that Evans has edited this because they'll do their like, sort of fight scenes um, and then they'll stop just purely because of they're going to film from another angle or the people are absolutely cream-crackered. And it's edited so well that the flow of it is absolutely brilliant and you don't notice that it's been edited. It looks like the same scene but from a different angle. And... Uh, just seeing that and just the way it flows through such good editing and whether that's because um, Evans went over to Indonesia and actually saw the the panic silic being uh, being taught and actually the fight in the combat side of it and having um, Yayan and Weiss there as well to, to do the choreography I, I think that has been a massive payoff that you've got people who understand it and that helps for the flow of the, the like the choreography as well. Because if it was done by somebody who didn't understand it, I think the payoff just wouldn't have been the same. I think it would have been really stop, start, stop, start, or it would have been continuous but have a lot slower. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so whilst the team go down to the lower floor, they do run out of ammunition, um, and there's 
got upon a bad reinforcements who are coming to try and take them down. So they split. So Jacka and Daku, um, Lieutenant Y retreat to the fifth floor where Rama and um, Boa, who's and one of his colleagues who's injured, they go up a floor and they're trying to seek refuge. And that's when the guy from number was it, 726 comes back into it where they're trying to find basically somewhere that where he can leave his mate. Uh, he dumps his mate there and his mate does get some treatment. Um, and Rama pleads for help with the tenant. And I think, again, the payoff, because he didn't treat him like a complete dick and he wasn't a shit to him, that he does help him. And his wife doesn't really want him to be to get involved in it. But he just um, reluctantly helps the officer and he hides him in his apartment. And th- this next scene, I really like this next scene because you do get um, five machete-wielding idiots who come in and they tear the room apart. It's only a one-room um, apartment, and they're hiding behind like a second wall. And as they're hiding behind there, his mate's obviously really badly injured, and they start sticking a machete through this wall. And it, it's absolute. It's so good because you think one of them's going to die, one of them's going to get injured, and he sticks the machete through the wall, and it slices through Rama's cheek, and he leaves the machete sliced through his cheek. And yeah, I love that scene. For I, me, I don't for know me, what you thought about, this is great. This is the best scene from a cinematic point of view in the film. It is. It's for me. It's the most tense scene. The fact that they're stuffed in. First of all, you don't know whether the, the guy is going to turn around and go, "No, actually, f off." And you think, "Oh, he's just yeah. the same as everyone else." Then he opens the door. Then they. Then 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 he comes in this gap, and you see how small the gap is, and the way it's shot. And edited and, and, and the use of camera where you really feel how claustrophobic this is. And I know, obviously, um, the injured cop, he's kind of like over-exaggerating, uh, as, as unfortunately a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of these films do in, in, in some of their acting when they're in pain. But um, uh, it doesn't really take away too much f- from the scene. And, and it's so claustrophobic. Uh, and they're so stuck, and 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 they, they kind of have to do it. They got no choice. But then you got the Willie set them out. Are they going to threaten the, the you know? Are they going to threaten the wife? Yeah. Um. And there's 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 so much going on, and it's shot so well, and it's so tense. And you're right when he when he uses the sword and it's up against his cheek and cutting his cheek. You're like, oh my god. Yeah. And, and it's done so well. And for me, in terms of from a cinematic point of view, um, this is the best scene in the film. Oh, that's interesting to know. Um, so once his mates all all kind of settled, uh, Rama leaves the apartment um, to go out looking for help, and he goes off to the eighth floor, where again he's cornered by the machete wielding guy, this massive black guy, and he's the guy who's the um, former judo champion. Yeah. And the fight he has with him is superb. I mean, he and, gets and, and, his, and his goons, goons as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and he properly fucks them up. I mean. It is so good. It's so quick. And you don't feel as if it's it's stopped. You feel as if it's being continuously shot from different cameras. The editing, uh, the choreography, like a lot of it through this film, is absolutely mind-blowing. It's really, really intense. And I didn't think it was fighting for the sake of, of fighting because he's they all come at him at once. It, it was brilliant. And, and it's just really, really good. And you really get the impression he is genuinely fighting for his life. He's not fighting because he enjoys it. He's just fighting to survive. Uh, and it's so intense uh, up until the way 
he actually takes that guy and jumps out the window and lands on the balcony a couple of floors below. <laughs> that was, that uh, was a, and the guy died. Yeah, yeah, that was like, what the hell? That was like a Mission Impossible-esque kind of stunt. Yeah, uh, I just thought it was just such an exciting fight. I, I, I really didn't. I, I didn't think it could get any better than that, but it just, it, it did. And it, kind of the bit we're coming to in a minute, but... Um, so he makes his way, so Rama makes his way to the sixth floor mm-hmm. where he's absolutely, he's in such a bad way from jumping through the window um, where he's grabbed and you find it's grabbed by a guy who you don't really see, he doesn't have much dialogue, but who's initially seen in the first scene when the guys are being killed, who's Andy, who's his brother. And I really like the conversation that they've both had together that you kind of, Rama's good as a policeman and Andy admits, well, I found something I'm really good at, yes. and that's being someone who's a bad guy, who's dealing drugs and making money. And mum and dad would say, I-, I was never good at anything, and I've proved them wrong because I'm good at this. And he says, no, come with me. And he says, well, no, that uniform looks good on you, and you're good at what you're doing, and this is my uniform, and I'm good at what I'm doing. And it's a real, it's not a mushy conversation. It's a really honest conversation that he's, he's lost his brother and but let's get on with it and i do love you but i live a different life to you and that's it and, and it, it's nice that they don't end up fighting each other it's not like a yeah i thought that might happen and i was like oh really really i mean that would have been very tropey wouldn't it yeah because it's not a case of if i have to take you down i will do it's a case of you're my brother and i love you and i don't like the decisions you've made but at the end of the day more than anything you're my brother yeah, and that's it. And I, 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 that was really, really refreshing to me because it could have got really, really tropey otherwise. Absolutely, that they absolutely. Each other, it could have got very tropey. You're right about that, definitely. And uh, so they kind of just agree to disagree, don't they? And that they're going to live their life differently, and but they're always going to be brothers. And th- this next scene is is one of the. It's just such a good good fight scene it's where mad dog discovers jacker who's like the sergeant and kind of leader of the tactical team um and he tells they're kind of cornered and lieutenant wine runs off and jacker in, instructs dagu who's uh, like a new officer protect him and he'll stay there to like kind of fight the the last fight as it was and he runs into mad dog and mad dog's got him cornered and he's at gunpoint and he puts down his gun and it, it just, he says that I love killing people with my hands. I love the feeling of their life. I know. And I thought like, Oh my God. I, yeah. And, and I think you needed this in the film to show how, I mean, it got mentioned that this guy's really dangerous and, and you, and you saw how good he is. Um, yeah. And, and <laughs> there's, there's almost, there was almost a sense of honor, um, in, in, in yeah. how we've done rather than not shooting with a gun. And, and it was almost like, well, if you're better than me, then you'll get away basically. Um, give yeah, him, and give it was refreshing that it's not. There was nothing, or there is nothing macho about Mad Dog. He's a little geezer who looks who looks quite old with a ponytail, and he's really really slim. Um, and I mean, it, it, by the age of thirteen, he started to do um, the Penicillin. So he's been doing it all his life, and he just—he's a really slim guy, really small in in physique. But this fight is so intense that you, I feel sorry for 
um, the police officer who's fighting for his life and just not doing very well and he's trying and Mad Dog is enjoying every single injury and it's as it almost as if the weaker the police officer gets, the more he struggles. You can see visibly the more Mad Dog's enjoying it and it, it's not in a way, a macho way, it's in a way of just... It, it becomes sadistic almost, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that's it. It's sadistic. It's really, really horrible. It's kind of like torture, isn't it? Yeah. And he kills him just by breaking his neck, and he can feel, feel the death, like the life leaving the guy's body. And again, when uh, Ram is looking out of the door, he just sees Mad Dog dragging uh, the cop down the corridor with blood coming out of him. He's clearly dead, um, just like a piece of meat. Yeah. And it's it's just such a it's it's a really sad scene, but it's really intense because you're really cheering for the officer to to at least injure Mad Dog or or just do something, but he just doesn't stand a chance, does he? And it's no. it's just such a good scene, and it's it's horrible in a way, but it's it's horrible but addictive watching because you want to see what happens, which I think's really clever if they can do that. So after that, Mad Dog and Andy meet up and report back to Tama in the surveillance room. Um, you, you get the impression that everything's going really well. And he looks... I, when I first watched this, I didn't know where it was going. And he says, have you got anything to tell me? And Andy's like, well, no. I, 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 I kind of was kind of guessing where it was going when he didn't have anything on him. I thought he's either yeah. going to set his brother out or he's in trouble. Yeah. I, thought it was, I figured it yeah. was going to go one of those two ways, you know? Yeah, because he looked. He said, "Show me your hands," and there's no blood on his hands. There's nothing compared to Mad Dog, who's covered in everyone else's blood. Uh, and then he shows in the surveillance cameras, which are scattered all around the the, the, the apartment block, of him speaking to another officer. Uh, and there's clearly no fighting going on. So that's when he wants to know what's going on, and he stabs his brother through the hand uh, and takes him away. Uh, a Mad Dog is kind of left with him. And at that point, you don't know whether you've seen the last of Andy or if he's going to be back in it at some point, do you? Because you, you've just no. found out how sadistic that Mad Dog is um, by killing the other police officer. Yeah. So Rama discovers uh, when they're on their way up to the room, they meet with the lieutenant um, and his colleague and they basically are on their way to go and hopefully kill Tama because they're pretty close to the floor where he's stationed at. Um, and as he's running past his room, it looks like a kind of refrigeration room, doesn't it? It's got quite a thick metal door. Yeah. He hears someone having a shit beaten out of him. He looks through the window. And in fact, he sees Andy strung up and Mad Dog is just beating the crap out of him. And this fight, this, this is just a fucking great this fight. This was the best it? fight in the film, let's be honest. I mean, without, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, the, if the other fights were 8 out of 10, this was like an 11, um, I felt. Um, and, 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 and it, you know, it ended up being both brothers... Fighting, obviously, obviously this this bad this badass mad dog who pretty much yeah. ne- nearly wins, but there's much more to it than, than just that. It was really, really good. Yeah, and it's and as you say, it's not a case of one has a go, the other has a go. They're both kind of going for him multiple times, and it's not done in a way which is stupid, and that people sustain injuries, and those injuries do affect them throughout the fight, and it, it does slow them down, and it's. It's just such an intense fight when you've got the two brothers there who are finally kind of forgot about their differences of one being bad, the other one being a police officer. They're both fighting for the same cause. 
and it's just so good because Mad Dog is so good in his martial arts that he's so relentless and he keeps coming back again and again. And as you say, he does get the better of him throughout the fight, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. And uh, and when you look at it, you know that if it was just one of the brothers, they'd lose. This guy's too much of a badass. Yeah. And and we and you didn't we did what we didn't know though at the time. Andy came across as a bit of a wimp initially um, when he got stabbed by the thing because he did. There was no fight in him. And I'm thinking, okay, that's a bit that, that's a bit weird. And we hadn't seen what he's really capable of until now. Yeah, and it was in, yeah exactly. And I, I don't know whether he didn't put up a fight because he knows how how good Mad Dog is that there is no point putting up a fight. But yeah, he, he's very good at martial arts himself. He's probably yes. at that moment better than Rama, isn't he? Yeah, but, yeah potentially. Well, yeah. Um, uh, but it's not done. The fight, it, 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 what's, it's hard to describe unless you've seen it because it's just a fight. But uh, Mad Dog doesn't win because he's got any kind of superpowers or that he can fly higher through the air or anything like that. It's just done on um, ability. And it's, that, that's what I like about it. It's just pure ability that allows him to get the upper hand on both of these guys. You're right. But the only thing I didn't like about the fight was was how they, how they got the upper hand in the end. Uh, for me... What, by- yeah, I didn't like. I didn't like that. It was such a good fight, and I almost thought it was an almost cheap way out. I mean, I like the fact that when the, the, the way he died with it was interesting. But watching it the second time, I, thought, I was enjoying it because, and I was like, but but I knew where it was going, and and and, and I felt that that was one of just the few things I didn't like about the fight. That was the only one. Well, no, not the few things. The only thing I personally didn't like about the fight. I, I, I mean, what was your opinion on that? Um, I enjoyed it, and I liked the fact that. I mean, they, they broke a tube light in and they stuck a piece of the, the glass into his throat and killed him. And it, it was quite good because they couldn't kill him through doing their martial arts. They had to kill him with using like a foreign object rather than their fists. And that was the difference between both of their abilities. Um, no, I get that. Dem- I get that. Which demonstrated that Maddog had the upper hand. But, I mean, why didn't you like it? I, I, because I thought it was, such, it was such a good fight scene. I thought it almost cheated the fight scene itself and I wanted the two brothers to over, o- overcome him somehow and uh, and beat him with martial arts now I get I get your point that it was so good they almost needed to use it but it was almost like using a cheap tactic to win and I felt that that took a tiny bit away from what was the best fight in the whole film yeah no I understand what you're saying I completely understand I mean it's I think it's just opinion isn't it I, I it like is. the fact that on ability they didn't stand a chance despite there were two of them um, but even then, when he had a, a piece of glass in his throat, he still didn't go down oh, easy, yeah. did he? No, he, no, he didn't. stuck in his throat and ripped out. But um, yeah, it was as you, as you say, it was the best for me. It was the best fight in the whole film, and uh, there was a lot of fights. But again, it, the surprises don't stop there because Lieutenant um, Wayu and Dagu confront Tama in the building, um, and he's talking about, okay, we'll arrest you. And Wayu ends up betraying Dagu by just turning around and shooting him in the face and killing him before taking Talma hostage. I mean, when I first watched that, I didn't see that coming whatsoever. But I suppose it made sense that it had to happen, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did. It it, it, it did have to happen. Um, and then obviously he takes it, and then and then he obviously grabs obviously obviously yeah, yeah, the big boss, and then takes yeah. him down the stairs. I don't know what he's really really planning to do. No one really knows. Um, take no. him like ho- ho- hostage or something, or but he ends yeah. up um, he ends up shooting him, and then. And then, and then trying to shoot himself. Yeah, as they go down, Tama, um, when they bump into Rama and Andy, are also leaving the building. 
Tama shouts out, um, revealing of Wai's betrayal and that he, what he's been waiting for and why he did the raid and uh, telling them how corrupt he is. And it's, it's really good because it plays into the second one as well, that he goes to kill himself just out of pure shame and there are no bullets in the gun. Yeah. Um, so they just arrest him and by the help of Andy, who's due to the fact that everyone else is dead, he's been promoted in charge and he escorts his his brother out um, and he injured Boo from the from like the building and out of the premises and they leave. But I'm, oh, one bit that I didn't mention about, which when you've got the two at the start of the film, when you've got the two officers inside the truck, the tactical truck, which they all arrived in and they all get shot to fuck. I mean, what did you think of that scene? I was like, Oh my God. I mean, it was just uh, overwhelming. That was way over the top violence, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it really, it really was. I mean, I, and you kind of saw it coming because they're having a conversation like, okay, uh, we've not met these two. It was it almost felt like it's too far in the film to introduce any big new characters. And, oh yeah, and, and, they didn't have name badges or anything, did they? No, they were no, going to no, die. They're, they're, you knew they were, you knew they were screwed. But it was like, oh my, it was like, oh my gosh, you know. And, and yeah, and, and it was right about the, it was about the same time that obviously the bad guys were taking control again of the building. Yeah, and there was uh, another scene where uh, I don't think I don't know if it's Rama or not. I'm not too sure um, who it is, but. Um, when they're fighting and he kind of flips him over, pushes the bad, his head against the floor and shoots him in the head twice. And again, you see everything. There's no holding back. It's yeah. just, it's left for you to see The fight scenes are, are really, it's just various deaths where Rama grabs the guy and pulls him forwards to his front over an open door, which is <coughs> broken at the bottom and uh, puts the, the, the shears of wood into his throat and kills him. I mean, there's so many various gory, bloody death scenes in this film that, and I think because it moves so fast, you don't, you're not left dwelling on it, the violence, are you? Because it moves then onto the next scene. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Essentially. So, so they leave and, um, they're all good and they've got, they've killed Tama, but they've got the bad guy who's a Lieutenant in the end. And then the film ends. Um, so what did you think of that film? What did you think of the raid? You hadn't seen it before. We've not spoken about it before, have we? This is the first time. So I'm this, really is, yeah, this, is, this is the first time we've spoken about it. Um, I really like. I really liked it. Um, uh, I mean, we know this. You can't. I don't think. I think it'd be wrong to really slag it off from this from the story. I mean, you had that awesome fight in there, um, which which was good. The only th- the weak for me, the weakest of the main characters is is, is obviously the lieutenant. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and and it's a sh- it's a shame that it kind of like ended w- with it the way the way he did. I mean, I mean, if you wanted to do a plot trace, I would have had the lieutenant in charge of the building the whole time, and uh, or, or done some weird, bizarre plot trace is the reason why why you need to do it to make him out to be a badder guy because he's he's like essentially the last guy standing. And it's a shame yeah. that the two brothers didn't, and it was a lieutenant that obviously got the big boss guy. You know, um, yeah, the, yeah um, which is a, a tiny blight on the film. Um, um, uh, it, I, I did though, really, I did really, really enjoy it. Those two, excellent. Um, excellent. I bet you bloody pained you to say that, doesn't it? No, no, no. But, but, uh, yeah, but I'm not giving it a five. I'm giving it a four and a half because of like the, the tiny little niggly bits. However, however, Stu, I'm going to watch it again, and I'll probably watch it a couple of times. So in six months' time, if you ask me, it may well be a five. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's loads of things I've missed 
by only watching it twice. I mean, yeah. that you, that even even you've picked one. But four and a half, and I thought it was a really, really enjoyable, and, and it's very different. It's not your typical Hong Kong type, like, martial, art, martial, martial arts flick. It's really, as you said, very much like if Judge Dredd did the you you know did like uh, was was martial art was a martial art film enjoyed yeah. this 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 would this would be it and other than that and they're just literally little niggling points um and it's yeah. and it's not that long it's just over one hour the one and a half hour mark when you when yeah. you look at it it's really enjoyable it's one of those films you could probably pick up two three times a year if you wanted to and watch and you'd get something yeah. out of it yeah definitely definitely I mean for me it's a five I I really really like this film it's a, a go to film um. I don't. I must admit, I, I don't have any niggles about the film at all. I mean, just out of interest, did you watch the subtitled version yes, or the? Um, no, no, I watched it. I, I, yeah, yeah, I think that's the best way of watching them because you you see what they're actually saying. I don't have too much faith yeah. in the dubs, and sometimes the dub version <clears throat> takes. I prefer. I, I used to prefer watching the dub version, um, and I think when you are not watching the film properly. It's probably you know it's not so bad, but yeah, you know I think it would have been really unfair if I had not watched the subtitle version since we were reviewing it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I watched the, the subtitle version, and then I watched the dub version just to see what the difference would be. But yeah, I I just love this film. It's my go-to film. It's it's really good, and it's a really serious. It is an extremely violent film, um, and as I've been saying throughout the pod that. The, the fight scenes are choreographed so well because they're done by people who know and understand um, and can give guidance. And it's filmed and directed by people who who understand the, how to film fight scenes properly, which make a hell of a difference. And it's the fight scenes aren't done in a the drunk style Jackie Chan climbing up stuff and flicking shelves onto people and just just kind of clumsy martial arts it's all very precise it's all very clean cut martial yeah. arts isn't it it's, it's no, a serious definitely. fight scene serious film and i think to maintain that throughout uh and not get bored of the fight scenes is a credit to to, to, to everyone involved like the choreographers and everyone it, it's a really really good film um so yeah it's a five out of five that if you can find the second one the second one carries on literally straight from the first one. Oh wow! But the second one is um, just as good, as in lieutenants in it, and it, it just carries on straight away um, through the same characters. Uh, and it's such a good film. The fight scenes uh, are just unbelievable, and the violence doesn't stop. There's two really good characters in there: one female with a hammer and one guy with a baseball bat. Okay. They're really original killers contract killers they're absolutely brilliant um and there's a fight scene in the kitchen with a guy who in his who's um a silhouette specialist again he's trained but he's also his daytime job is a school teacher um he has got one of the best fight scenes in any for me in any martial arts film in a kitchen yeah and it is such a good film um it's it's just as good as the first one, like my personal opinion, I'd love to know what you think. And again, it stars Yayan Ruin, um, who's uh, which confused me when I first watched it because I thought surely he died, and uh, they're using the same characters. But it's interesting they they used him again, but as another character, um, which is a bit weird. But he's a he's a likable character in this, even though he plays a psychopath and an assassin. 
um he's quite a likable character but the, yeah anyone it's a 2014 the raid totally recommend it and i'd love to know if you ever get time to watch it or you can find it to watch it to watch the second one because it's just well, 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 maybe maybe some point this year or next year we we end up i'm sure we'll end up reviewing it to you at some point so. yeah i watched both of them one after the other uh, much to my wife's disappointment who fell asleep on the sofa um just for the podcast because i i forgot how good they are and they're part of the same story but yeah so next on the pod floor uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's going to be a, another go-to film for myself. Yes, it's going to be loose. It is. It is another film that you haven't seen before. No, so it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. This is well, a lot. Di- I imagine it's a lot different. Um, so we're, I, I'm looking forward to that, and we, we, we're we're going to see. And then after that, it's going to be a film that I'm I've only ever seen once. Um, and obviously, Simon's going to join us on the pod because it's a film that he's very passionate about. Absolutely. Doing Batman versus Superman. Yes. Yeah, and I really don't know because I, I don't really remember it that well. All I remember is Batman wearing his goggles in a desert. That's the only lasting memory I've got of that film. <laughs> um, and <laughs> that's it. So I don't know what side of the fence that I'm going to fall on with regards to how I'm going to feel about the film, but I've got a rough idea that you're going to be loathing every single minute. Yep. Pretty much, unfortunately. I'm so sorry. I probably will be loathing every single minute. Um, <laughs> but for anyone who's listening, if they watch Lucy, they can uh, watch the film, then listen to the podcast and see if they agree with our points of view. And also recommend anyone checking out the Raid 1 and 2 as well. Absolutely. Uh, well, I guess, guys, we'll see you next time for Lucy. Excellent. Thanks for listening.